Sliced Apples Podcast with Alex and David. Two fans. Two fans. What to do, baby? What to do? I'm still, I'm still kind of, I mean, I'm remote right now and I'm kind of, I'm kind of enjoying this setup, bro. Honestly, like I don't have my headphones. I don't have my dog. I don't have anything. I'm like 100% sliced apples with you. Now I don't have my like big screen to do the research. So I'm going to sound a little bit dumber this time because I don't have my research in front of me, but I'll do my best to scurry for some statistics when needed. Dumber than you already. So even with the statistics, that's what you sound like. Hey, I'm a, I'm a second place fantasy champion. When it comes to getting my no, stats, you're bro. not you're not a champion, bro. You're, I'm a second place champion, bro. Second place three no, times in a row. No, not three times in a row, but you're you're just a second place. I am a okay. champion. Okay. I got titles, including the toilet bowl. Yeah, just just keep going. I mean, brag about it, why don't you? Might as well brag about it for as long as football's gonna last. Oh, by the way, you owe me fifty bucks. Uh, I almost I almost, for, I almost forgot about that because I was gonna I was gonna let you think that you were gonna win. The the, yeah. the title. Oh, so okay. I, was, I I I I was patient, even though you didn't make it to to playoffs in the two fans league. I was patient. I was like, maybe let this man have a an, an idea that he's gonna win the title. He'll get that money, and then he could pay me from that money. So I gave you the benefit of the doubt, but you came in second. Yeah, so. Well. I mean, I did get paid out 60 bucks, so I did just pay you, and the title for the payment is because I'm better. Uh, so I ended up netting $10 over the course of four months. My ROI was pretty high there. That's probably about 10 cents a day is what I was making. I, I don't think I could feed anybody in 1900 with that kind of money, but we can try. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what's funny? I reeled in by being toilet bowl champ, ultimately, with you paying me. For the oh, two geez. fans league, I don't want to. Hear I that. reeled in more than you did because uh, I reeled in fifteen bucks. Oh my god, you reeled in five more dollars, five more bucks, and I came second to last. How did but wait? Played... So what did you get for the toilet bowl? You didn't get any money for that, did you? Yeah, I got fifteen bucks. Oh, but I just paid you fifty, so you got seventy-five, and I got ten. So don't act like yeah. There's a big difference. I was trying to be nice. No, I didn't want to. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't want to. You know. What rub it in because you're not doing that now? Look, there's no I way try, you're about to rub it in more. Look, I, I tried to tell you this is every time you talk shit to me, you start with the word look every time because you you do not know how to face every time you lose every week you lost. You're like, man, I, yeah, I don't really want to talk about it. Yeah, but why would I? Why would and I? Then, and then I came on here with my fucking second to last place as. Every L just came in here. I gave, I gave a statement on behalf of my team. I was here. I was present. I talked about it. I talked about the ups. I talked about the downs. You, if you didn't win, damn, I don't want to talk about it. Boy. Yeah. I'm a sore loser. But then you, you won, and then you'd be like, hey, hey, say what's up. Hey, hey, hey. Like, come on, bro. Okay, you wouldn't be like that. You wouldn't be like that. If you were winning, you wouldn't be high on yourself. When we were losing, you're gonna be down on yourself. Come on, bro. That's normal. Dude, I had both. I had the most stacked team ever in one league. Me too. And, then, and I and came then, second. 
no, your team, your team wasn't. Bro, my team was so stacked, bro. I had, I had number one running back and number two running back, both, but eleven points in the championship. Did you see that? Yeah, I do. I do the peace sign on Discord. It puts the balloons up. I was like, "What did you just?" I was like, "It's my birthday." My birthday. I was like, "Man, I had the one and the two running back, and the two running backs sat out." Raheem. And number one running back gave me like eleven points, which that was like by far the lowest he had done all season. So I thought that edible was kicking in too hard, bro. Oh, <laughs> chill. No, <laughs> Got to eat a little bit but, of dinner first, bro. Can't be hopping into that. <laughs> look, bro. Your team couldn't. Your, I mean, ultimately, your team was what CMC driven. Oh my god, dude! I had Amon Ross St. Brown. I had Raheem Mostert. I had George Kittle. I had. Who didn't get it done? Pittman. Tyler Lockett, who is a consistent seven points a week. <laughs> Dude, what's up with me and like Seahawks receivers, bro? It's either DK or Tyler. They always end up on my roster and they always put up like 10 points a week. And I can't sit there. I was looking at Tyler Lockett like the last three weeks. I'm like, dude, I should drop him. He doesn't give me any points. And I'm sitting in the back of my head. It's like a 2019 voice or something telling me. It's like, bro, just keep him. You never know. You never know. And I was sitting there like, bro, he gives me like nine, ten points a week. He's like wide receiver 50. Like, I don't need him on my roster. But I never drop him. And, and DK's, DK's way better. But like, it's the same way with DK. I'm like, I just can't. I can't get rid of him. It's the last thing I'll say. You think your lineup was stacked? Dude, I had Lamar Jackson. Oh. First of all, before we even get to that, I traded away Christian McCaffrey and still won the league. So that let's get impressive. that straight. That's impressive. Lamar Jackson, DeAndre Swift, Kyron Williams. Who turned out to be a stud this year. Fucking stud. And Good then you pick got on your part. Tyreek Hill. DJ Dog. Moore. Dog. Sam Laporta. Dog. DK Metcalf. Oh, Mike Mike Evans. Oh my. Okay, your team was really stacked. <laughs> Bro, dude. I'm waiting for a wide receiver two, and they're all wide receiver ones. Nico Collins. <laughs> okay, there's your wide receiver. Well, he's technically still a wide receiver one, so exactly. And so literally on the championship week, I started Nico Collins over DJ Moore. DJ Moore put up 30, and I didn't even blink an eye because I was like. I still had it in the bag. That's how stacked my team was. Like, I didn't even need to, like, determine, ooh, who, who, who do I need to start this week? Uh, who has a good matchup? Because I'm just like, no matter what, we balling, bro. Like, We balling. No matter what, we balling. But you know who, breaking news, you know who not balling anymore, who's out the game? Oh. St. Nick. Oh. Nick Saban. I mean, I'm getting chills, bro. It was giving me the same. This gives me the same. When I read that, because I just, so I was two fans. I was in training for all day, so I didn't have my phone in front of me. So this news broke, and I'm sitting down, and we're getting on our chat feature here, and I'm actually reading that Nick Saban retired. And I got, I don't know if you, I'm curious, did you get the same feeling of when of when Nick Saban retired as how am I saying this? Did you get the same feeling when Nick Saban retired 
um, that Tom Brady, the same feeling that you had when Tom Brady retired. I think that's the way I want to say it. Because that's kind of how I felt was like, man, like this is like somebody, I mean, I'm 27. So like I grew up with him. I grew up with Tom Brady. It's kind of like, next is Mike Tomlin. When Mike Tomlin's gone, I'm be like, bro, like what, what is going on? I mean, Bill, if Bill Belichick leaves, Tomlin, I mean, dude, it could be a great, we had the Pete Carroll thing, which we're not going to talk much about, but another one of just long time, been in the NFL, just build a statue, bro. But yeah, St. Nick, I read the stat, 44 first rounders and 19 losses in his tenure at Alabama, bro. <laughs> Nuts. Dude, sounds like Elko. <laughs> hey, that's like NCAA dynasty. Uh, freaking stats right there. Oh, um, dude. I was in the middle of driving home from work when I got the ESPN. Dun-dun-dun, dun-dun-dun. I couldn't believe it, bro. Um, I can't. Honestly, it was so unexpected. I feel like if Aben was going to retire, it would have been a thing we have. It wasn't even speculated at all. Is this the year Nick Saban retires? Um, but dude, it's it's huge because I think this changes everything. Like college football just got thrown upside down. Um, Kirby's and, top dog. Kirby's got to be top dog now in the in the in college football. Yeah, or is there is it? Yeah, I mean. Jim, well, Harbaugh is probably going to the NFL if I had to bet. I mean, Harbaugh, yeah, but I still I would take Kirby over Harbaugh personally. Um, dude, that's a big bomb. I mean, huge. We we literally just went through a big time coaching like change and you know transition and whatnot, and it's it was big on our program. I mean, a lot of people left, a lot of people, you know, a lot of new faces coming in whatnot i feel like alabama's about to go through that times 10 because like i mean what what does that mean for the rest of the staff is alabama going to retain them or they're just are they going to promote somebody within to you know be the head coach so that way the staff stays if not like the recruits that yeah committed to alabama yeah where do they stand? Are they opening up back up? I'm pretty sure there's so many players about to open their recruitment back up because the thing is, I feel like at this point, Alabama is Nick Saban is Alabama. Oh yeah. Um, they weren't really too high powered before Nick Saban came in. Yeah. Let's look it up. And so, it's it's gonna be hard. It's not like a, it's not like a you know, LSU or something or Ohio State where they just they are the brand. Like you can never take away Ohio State because Ohio State has and will always be Ohio State. They'll cycle through coaches, and they'll find a way to keep recruiting the best talent, winning being in the championship picture and whatnot. I feel like that's not the same for Alabama. Nick no. Saban Nick Saban is Alabama. So which is weird because yeah, because Kirby Smart, like when you think Kirby Smart, you think Jim Harbaugh, like 
when I think Jim Harbaugh, I don't think like he is Michigan or Kirby Smart. I don't think he is Georgia. Like it just, he's really, I mean, Dabo is probably the second closest when I think Dabo, I think Clemson. Like if he were to ever go anywhere else, it'd be like Bill Belichick, Patriots, Pete Carroll, Seahawks. Like, but nobody really embodies Alabama or embodies a program or a professional team like Saban did with Alabama. Like people weren't scared of Alabama because they're Alabama. They're scared of Alabama because of Saban. Like that's why everybody was scared of them. So now that they're gone, it's gonna be so interesting. I just pulled up the stats. It's gonna be interesting to see how far they fall in this transition. So he started in 2007, and I've got some crazy stats here for you. But I'll just go from 2006 to 2000, going in reverse order. Six and seven. 2005, they're ten and one. Six and six. Four and nine. Ten and three. Seven and five. Three and eight. So what is that? That's one, two, three, three positive seasons from 2000 to 2006, but above 500. And the crazy stats I want to share with you, dude, these are wild. This is on Twitter. So insane Nick Saban stats. Seven BCS slash college football playoff era titles. Next highest coach, next highest for a coach is three. His seven titles also mark for the most for any coach in college football history. Bear Bryant is second with six. So he's past Bear Bryant. He's the greatest coach ever. Um, Nick Saban is. Eight college football playoff appearances. That's more than any school, let alone coach. Dabo, Sweeney, and Clemson are the second closest with six. He has more than any school in the college football appearances in the college football playoffs. Graham's only been 10. He's been in eight of them, which is insane. Zero losing seasons in 28 years. 18 10 win seasons in 28 years. 31 bowl games. Third most ever. That's, I mean, he's the, uh, and, let me let me go this let me go this direction. Did we we talked a lot about like Bill Belichick leaving the Patriots, the Seahawks with Pete Carroll that came out of nowhere. This also felt like he came out of nowhere. But when I look back on the season and how involved he was in the media, you know, on college football on game day on the Pat McAfee show, it kind of seemed like he was coming out of because this is the guy that used to sit in the post game presser or the pre game presser and talk about rat poison, like all the media members, you know, feeding rat poison things like that. And now this guy in his last season, it makes a lot of sense because he starts kind of making media appearances and becoming more of a human and did a really good job. Like, did you, you listen to some of the Saban interviews from McAfee, right? I mean, he yeah. did a great job. So makes sense looking back on it, but I can tell you going into this off season, Bill Belichick is a question. I didn't really see, I mean, Rabel was kind of a question. He's gone too, but this Saban thing, like out of no, like Harbaugh was the conversation from football, like from college football. We were thinking Harbaugh was going to be the big one to leave, but Saban, like really kind of out of nowhere, just very, very strange after how much I've watched him too. It didn't really seem like he wanted to leave. So really weird, really out of the blue. Yeah. And circling back to your, like, you know, you were referring to Kirby smart and whatnot. Um, I think the thing with Kirby Smart though is that he wasn't he hasn't been there for seventeen years. Yeah. Um, Saban was there for seventeen years, so Yeah. Kinda long time. They they, they 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 stick together. And yeah, so it's gonna be interesting to see how all that plays out and we'll have I know some great juice is gonna come from it. Uh, I mean they're gonna have to look for another head coach. Like yeah. I said, whether it's within, maybe they go get their old guy, Lane Kiffin. I don't know. Now, if Lane Kiffin goes to Alabama, bro, that's another big domino that just like, douche. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad, though, 
I'm glad we got ahead of it. Mm-hmm. We got our guy. Maybe Texas A&M knew this was going to happen. That's why they just it is tried, a question, it? tried to get it done real quick. I mean, it, it, it kind of sucks, though. I just feel like uh, somebody had to know. Like, Saban didn't just wake up a few days ago like, I'm ready to retire. Like, he had to know throughout the season. Yeah. And he had to tell some people. He had to tell people because I, I know he doesn't seem like the type he would, like, recruit kids knowing he was going to retire and whatnot. And you know what I'm saying? I, I just feel like. Yeah, like he, he I mean, him. he definitely it's shared style. it with his wife. But, like, he's always been a guy. It seems like he plays it pretty close to the chest. So I can't imagine he's sharing it with recruits. He did have a comment earlier this season on Pat McAfee about, you know, when a recruit sits down and asks him, are you going to be there for four years? He turns around and asks them, are you going to be with me for four years? He did say, yeah, I remember that. And that's the perfect, that's the perfect pushback on that because you're absolutely right. That's like, nobody's bound. Like, I'm not going to make a commitment for four years when you're not willing to make that commitment. But Mm -hmm. I never got the sense. Like I, I always left every one of those interviews or any video I watched of him or any content I consumed of his thinking like this guy loves ball like this guy is going to be around for as long as he can walk like he's not going to leave and just really i guess my next question is there's no way he goes and coaches anywhere else like he had it perfectly set up in alabama he's done done like he's retired he's retiring he's he owns he owns those dealerships he's got money i mean he's fine like i i just imagine he probably doesn't i think he touched on it like you don't really want to go to the nfl right now because the nfl is a little bit like it might be actually, I think it was. I get in this reverse. NFL is a little bit more cushy, and college football is a little bit more difficult now with NIL. And I think that shift, along with maybe this twelve-team playoff, and it really did. It, it is oddly like a perfect time for him to do this. Oddly enough, like it is a great transition period for college football, and he's done his work. I mean, there's no question, right? He's the greatest college football. He might. I don't think he's the greatest coach ever. I think it's a tough discussion between him and Belichick. But he's definitely the greatest college football coach ever. There's never going to be anybody close to him. I think there was something I thought of the other day. And it's kind of a related but not related at the same time. All You know a coach is a great coach. Like a super great, like all-time legendary coach. When you have no idea which side of the ball they specialize on. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. what side of the ball does Nick Saban specialize in? Defense. Cornerback. He played cornerback in college. Okay, see, I didn't know that. Like, uh, I don't even have my stats, bro. This is dummy Alex talking. I know this. Like, I love Saban, though. I love Saban. I've done a lot like, of research on him. Coaches, like, you got Saban. Another one I thought it was Harbaugh. John Hart. Not, not Jim at Michigan, but John in Baltimore. Oh, what side of the ball did What side of the ball did he specialize in? Like, was he offensive corner or defensive corner? Because, you know, like... You look at coaches around the league, you know, um, you know, Sirianni. Sirianni's offensive yeah. guy. Yeah, offense. Miko is defense. Miko's defensive guy. You know, yeah. and then you start getting to I mean, Pete Carroll, I know he's a defensive guy, but he start he was starting to get there where, you know, it was like, which side of the ball does he specialize in again? He's kind of a quarterback um, whisperer, bro, with the Geno Tom- Smith here. Tomlin. What side yeah. of the ball does Tomlin specialize in? I don't, I don't know. know. That's a good he, question. That that's when, unless you're Bill Belichick, because Bill Belichick, that's how special, special he is. That you know yeah. what side of the ball he specializes on. Oh yeah. But um, that's when you really know 
fuck, that's a great coach because I have no idea what side. And it's not even like ignorance. It's mm-hmm. not even like us being dumb. Oh, we just don't know. No, it's just that they've been doing this shit for so long. And at such a high level, you don't yeah. remember what side of the ball they specialize on because they're just all around just a great coach. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. I mean, when you take, like, when you look at the totality of the team and you're like, they're operating like such a well-oiled machine, like, I'm with you. It's, you kind of look at the coach and it's like, what side of the ball do you, did you work on? Or like, do you have staff that, like, how did you do that? And it's just, you're right. Like, you look at Saban, it's like, well, he probably, I mean, he's talked about it a bunch on the uh, throughout those interviews this year, but like, where he really likes special teams. He played cornerback in college, if I'm correct. You can fact check me, but I believe that's true. And uh, so he specialized on the defensive side of the ball. But you look, and he is a, I mean, that's a running back facility they have in Alabama. And Tuscaloosa, bro, running back facility. Quarterbacks, eh. I mean, they've got some good ones. Tua, Jalen, they've got, I mean, but you can't forget about the, what is it, A.J. McCarrens. You can't forget about the other ones. <laughs> it's like, okay. Mac Which Jones. AJ McCarron, JJ McCarthy, tell me the difference again. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think he's a, I think he's the greatest coach ever. I think he's done. Uh, it was shocking. I couldn't. I didn't see that. You could have given me. I mean, Harbaugh, yes, maybe a few other coaches. I mean, he could have been in line, but I didn't see it coming. Like, I'm curious to listen to some of the ESPN guys and some of the, like see if there was word that around like you're saying like a rumor like he told somebody somebody knew this or did it really just like it was just him and his wife and his family and he just decided he was like this is it i'm done you know like i just perfect time for him though 12 team playoff nil like it's shifting away from when he was dominant so we'll always remember him as the dominant one and it opens the avenue for the aggies you know that's what we like to hell see yeah. hell yeah um shifting to Another a coach we just mentioned not too long ago, um, Jim Harbaugh, Michigan Wolverines. They beat the Washington Huskies. What was the score? Like thirty-four to thirteen. Yeah, thirty-four thirteen. I think is right. Yeah, that sounds about right. Three touchdowns. Yeah. Um, so, which once again, for the last year, sixty-five uh, seven last year. Um. I had this thing. I don't know if I talked about it on here. But in the college football playoff format, the 14 format, it's one or the other. Either the semifinals are blowouts and the title game is close or close semifinals, blowout title game. As we all know, both of the semifinals games this year were amazing. Yeah. Uh, peak, peak college football. So I knew this this uh, championship game wasn't going to be close. It was just a matter of in which direction. Yeah. I mean, should have known it was Michigan. Um, all the facts were there that Michigan was going to dominate this game, in which they pretty much did, in the way they pretty much did. I would say the one thing that I did not expect why I actually put drizzled a little money on the Washington money line. Um, I didn't expect Penix to just not show up. Yeah. Because he, he, he really didn't. There were some throws 
not some, there was a lot of throws like he just didn't make that he was making against Texas that we're sitting here praising him for. Like, dude, this guy, he is the dude, bro. Like the way he just like flings that, that rock and it's so accurate and just top notch shit, bro. All of that was not there at all. The amount of throws he missed. It's one of those things like a few of those throws that were like wide open where, you know, the receiver found the gap in the zone. It's like, what if he would have made a couple of those? Like, well, there was the one that was the there was the flag route that he threw over the left shoulder because the wide receiver opened towards the center of the field instead of the outside of the field. If you remember that correctly, and he threw it over his outside shoulder. Mm -hmm. And so he turns to the inside and he's like, oh, shit. So he he literally does a full 360, like backpedals and turns around. And it was just barely outside of his reach. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, as a receiver, I'm upset. I mean, as a quarterback, I'm upset at my receiver because that's just like, I mean, you got you to gotta open to the outside shoulder. I mean, that's just, that's obvious. I'm not going to throw it to the inside shoulder. So I'm not trying to get you killed. So that was missed. But I agree with you. He didn't show up. But I think more, I, I want to look at, I want to look up the stats. But the pressure that was on him was a lot. He threw the ball 51 times. Only, only completed 27 of them, so not great. But he was under a ton of pressure. And, bro, I mean, I'm not even going to put this on Penix. Like, I don't, this doesn't, to me, hurt his draft stock. It, I mean, maybe a couple positions, maybe, every couple That's, slots. Uh, come on, bro. That's nonsense, bro. This is the biggest stage, the biggest game, and you come out like that? No, no, that, no, no, no. That, I'm You're, talking about he's missing, dude. He was missing throws, like that's, consi- yeah, okay. consistently missing throws the whole game that he was making. Like I don't know if he just was on one on the semifinals or what. It was but the pressure. Like, it was the pressure, not the pressure of the moment, but the pressure that was applied in the pocket, dude. He never had a I clean mean, pocket. I, yes, I know he he was towards the middle and half. Like towards in the beginning, in the second half, yes, they were getting to him a little bit more, yeah. but I, I just, you know, there was ample opportunity um, for Washington where they need the defense did their job. No, they needed the offense step up. No, they the, didn't. Don't lie. I'm four rushing touchdowns, bro. Two okay, of the longest so, in the championship game. Yes, at one point, I think it was in the first half. It was so bad. The first, the first quarter, Michigan was averaging like 20 yards per carry or whatever the fuck. But then they showed going, it was already the fourth quarter. The second and third quarter, Washington made their adjustments on defense and they were shutting that shit down. Uh, freaking uh, second and third quarter, they're averaging like two yards a carry. Michigan was. And so, but the thing is, you can only sustain that for so long. Like, you're, you're you know, this is a, team that's reliant on their offense to be high throttle and score i'm with and you so that's why i say the defense did their job because they're not they're not um they're washington isn't a michigan or a alabama or something mm-hmm. the the team and whatnot this is a this is a team that's led by their offense and the defense does enough to where to win the game. And I felt like 
after that brutal first quarter where they just Michigan just ran the ball up and down the defense, they made their adjustments. They started slowing down the run game a little bit. They started actually getting. I remember being shocked to be some see some, a couple three and outs by Michigan and whatnot. I was like, "What's going on?" But the thing was, the Washington offense would come out and they would just Penix would miss miss a throw, and then yeah. combined with oh, uh, false start penalty, holding penalties, yeah. getting behind the chains and whatnot, and then bam, Penix can't make another throw. Like it, it was just the the. the Running back, the main running back, uh, number seven, I forgot his name, but you know, he him being pretty much comprom every time he ran the ball, I was just like Dylan Johnson, like, by the way. Dylan Johnson, yeah. Every time he ran the ball, I was like, because I this man, I know this man injured, like injured, injured, and he's still out there trying to, you know, he'll get a couple guys thrown on him, and I'm like, ooh, ooh, like is is the is RB2 really? that bad compared to him like is do you really not i don't know that's i guess that's just me but yeah the main thing is uh penix did not he he is the the conductor of this washington hype train and we saw it in in this title game because if he doesn't if he doesn't do his thing the offense doesn't do their thing this team doesn't win. All right. I'm with you for most of this. So I, I agree with you that the defense in the second half picked up the slack, but the offense didn't. I think, number one, I was sitting there watching the, the game, and the whole time, I every time Washington was on offense, I was saying, just throw a bomb. Like, just bombs. Like, I was just yelling the word bomb. Like, just bombs, dude. Just throw it down the field. Because it felt like he was not really stepping into it and throwing it granted i already mentioned the pressure so i'm not in, i'm not you know too analytical about that kind of stuff so i don't really know but the pressure was real and then being down 17-3 they went in a half down 17-10 because they put up a touchdown had a really bad late interception i don't know if you remember that in the fourth quarter but that was really bad um and yeah, he wasn't playing the best. And yes, I was expecting him eventually to just turn it on. Like it was just all of a sudden I was just I was waiting for the moment where it was like, okay, where's the momentum swing? Like let's get, you know, a 15 yard flag route, a post route, something like something down the field and let's get some momentum rolling. Never happened. Like it just never happened. And so the defense is on their heels and, you know, props to them in the second half. You're absolutely right. At least when they came out the gate in the second half, especially in the third quarter, they kept it a one-score game. I mean, it was right there at 2013. And then it really started, you know, blowing up because they were trying to really catch up, and then they, they you know, got the garbage time touchdowns. But it was 2013. At one point, in, the, in the second half. Yeah. In the, it, it in was, the third quarter. Yeah, it was still a game. Literally, yeah. Washington, and I think the thing was, it wasn't like 2013, and then Michigan got that first, got the possession after – uh, being down, going up 2013, and then yeah. they just kept scoring from there. No, it went 20 to 13, and then the defense was able to get a couple yeah. like stops on I Michigan. I got you. Defense, I got and... you right here. So first play coming out of the second half. I don't remember. The, I don't know if you remember this, but that was it was that incredible like left sideline interception that yeah. Michigan had. That on was the, the first, first play. play. Yeah, the first play. Okay, Michigan goes down field goal. So 20 to 10. Then Washington gets the ball back seven seven plays, 47 yards, almost three minutes. They put a field goal up. So it's 20 to 13. And then to your point, 
Michigan punt, Washington punt, Michigan punt, Washington punt, Michigan punt, Washington punt. And then Michigan touchdown, Washington bad interception. That was that bad interception he threw. Michigan touchdown again. So they put two touchdowns on him. But throughout that entire third quarter, and then even into, yeah, even into the fourth, that last punt was at the beginning of the fourth quarter, about, you know, nine, nine and a half minutes left. So they had the whole third quarter to put a drive together and score, and they just didn't. So I agree with you that the defense did buy him an opportunity in the beginning of the second half to climb back into the game, and he never did. But you cannot give up 200 yards on... I mean, I'd have to check to see what... I think it was more like 300 yards on the ground is what they gave up. And that, you you just can't... Yeah, 303 yards on the ground. You cannot do that. It doesn't in four touchdowns on the ground with those when the way they were running, dude, there was that I don't remember it was the second touchdown by Donovan Edwards or the first, but he he hit his tackle in the back and then he takes a step back and pinches out and goes like 50 yards for a touchdown. And I'm sitting there I'm going, where is the secondary? Like, where is the second line of defense? And it happened again. It was the same, kind of a similar touchdown, except he went the opposite way. He bounced off and went the opposite way, and there was no giant hole. And he just foot race and beat him. You can't have that. Like, where are the safeties in the cornerbacks? Where's the outside linebackers? Like, you, you can't have that level of dominance on the ground early in the game and then say, okay, Penix, you know, carry us out of this. I will say they did ask him to do that, and they did put him in a position at 20 to 13 in the third quarter where it was like, Okay, like turn it on. Like let's go. This is you are our offense. Like the, you are our golden goose. We need you to do something. He just never did. So I'm with you on that. But you can't you you can't absolve the defense for giving up a horrible first half and rushing 300 yards on the ground, dude. That's you can't. That's just getting out man. I mean, because the thing is, they that. I wish there was like a breakdown of the and for and, and for reference, Washington had 46 rushing yards all game. So 303 to 46 can't happen. Like, and the reason I say that is just because fourth quarter, by the fourth quarter, by the time the fourth quarter come, it's kind of like Washington, that defense was doing all they could. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, but at some point, it's, 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 you can only hold a team like Michigan down for so long without your offense producing anything any kind of momentum any kind of score like even if you know if if you know that that's one of the things when it was 20 to 13 and i was like they're still in striking range i'm like this is it this is where washington yeah turn like goes to the the offense turns on to the washington we know and they have like a cup because all it took was that third quarter if they would have had at least maybe a couple field goals, like yeah. some points on the board to kind of even like some sustaining drives. The problem was too, you know, the, some of these drives were three and outs by Washington. Yes. And that was going to be my point. Yeah. And so that defense got tired, bro. Exactly. Like, exactly. And, and that, and that's what I'm saying. This is not a team that's built defense first. So, you know, it, it, I do think, I do think a lot of this falls on Penix. He did not show up when he was supposed to. This is this is what when it's twenty to thirteen, and they're they're getting Michigan is getting stopped and having to punt. That is when Penix is supposed to turn it on. That's when he's supposed yeah. to do his thing. In which okay, y'all did your job. I'm 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 gonna help y'all out a little bit. Yeah. 
I'm I'm with you. I think the uh, he should have turned it on at some point, and that was gonna be my point is either a momentum shift or at the very least put together you know a five six minute drive so your defense can rest. You know the fact that they put up three back to back punts, a field goal, and then three back to back punts. It's like, I mean, and then Washington one play, seven plays over the course of almost three minutes. Five plays for almost two minutes. Five plays for a little over two minutes. Three plays for two. Like, you're only having your offense for on the field for two minutes every single drive. Like, that's not a rest. So you then you send out the defense who's getting demolished in the trenches and on the running game. And you're like, hey, please hold, you know, our defense. And it's like, okay. You know, obviously Michigan, I think, when we watched it, we knew Michigan was the better team. Like, it was kind of like, it just, it is what it was. It is what it is. But it was going to be a competitive match if Penix showed up, and he just didn't. But I don't think it hurts his draft stock in some dr- drastic... I don't think he drops like three rounds or something. I mean, maybe five picks, six picks. A GM might look at him and be like, well, he didn't show up in that game, but I don't think it's going to be crazy. But you got you also, you can't, you also have to take into account, you know, it, it's the equivalent of when your team is in the red zone and then... You know, the quarterback throws, you're, you're thinking you're about to go down and score a touchdown. Quarterback throws a pick six. That's a 14 point swing. That's not just yeah. a seven point swing. That's a 14 point swing. Huge. So you got to, so you got to understand how high his stock would have been if he would have played at least like half the game we know he's capable of in this national championship. At least yeah. go out like, you didn't have to win the thing, but go out on your shield. You know what I mean? Like you, you gave it your, your hardest and whatnot. This was, it wasn't even, and I, I want to give Michigan's defense like all the credit. Their D line, yes, of course. But other than the D line, I, I mean, Penix. The one of the things we've crowned Penix for is that, like you know, the way he maneuvers the pocket, how he's able to still get like that pocket presence and still get off his throws. That wasn't present either, um, mm. and. The the pressure was like Michigan was getting good pressure, but it wasn't like you know Texas A and M freaking hell yeah hell yeah Max Max Johnson like that man was legit getting hit every single drop back, and it it wasn't it wasn't that bad, and so it it's just uh. It's so you put you you put a lot of blame on Penix then, huh? I mean, yeah. Like, if you don't, I think that game is totally different if he steps up. Absolutely, like we yeah, expected him to. And you never know. Like, you you go down, you have a good offensive series. Not only do you give your defense a little break, but now you're putting the ball in Michigan's court. You're fa- you're forcing JJ McCarthy to have to step up and be clutch and be that yeah. guy. For more than 140 yards. (laughs) Yeah, and I think, in a way, they messed up. That's the position they needed to get Michigan in, where they had to throw the ball, and they couldn't just run, run, run. The momentum Um, swing is what we were hoping for, which never happened. Like, that was... I don't put all the blame on Penix. I put a large... He is the captain. He is the quarterback. He is the CEO of that team. That is what he is. Got to blame him somehow, but I think overall it was just a mismatch. I mean, it just was. It it's just 
So, and I hear all the Oregon fans and the Texas fans, and I think it's ridiculous, but yeah, it's just a mismatch. I think, I mean, it was, but I just can't, I can't forget that third quarter, man. So, so much time in which it was 20 to 13 and the defense was just holding it down. I did not expect to defense to hold it. I mean, I didn't either. Yeah. Like, I mean, a I mean, field goal and then three back-to-back punts, and you cannot – and all you put up is a field goal. You just match them with a field goal after making a punt three times. It's like, come on. And then like, that killer – I mean, that interception in the first the first play of the second yeah. half, you know. Yeah. These are things that – heavy lies the crown, you know. If they would have won, he would have been the reason why they won. He would have yeah. been the guy. Um, yeah, they lost, and all I all I could think of is I see here, and Penix didn't give him a chance to be in the game. The so defense gave him a chance. Going forward, like as he enters the NFL, are you going to hold this against him, or do you think it's like something? There's just a growing pain. Like he'll still be a great NFL quarterback, or is this really affected how you look at him? A little bit, yeah. I mean, um, I expected a solid performance from him and another solid performance on this stage would have been like okay this guy is kind of legit like why haven't why hasn't anybody really talked about him as a solid prospect you know coming out coming out the whole season um and i think we saw why um yeah i i think he just happened to have a good little streak. I mean, even the Pac-12 game, he did threw the ball very well. Um, I mean, he he has good numbers, dude. I mean, forty nine hundred yards, thirty six and eleven. Then last year, forty six hundred yards, thirty one and eight. So I mean, it's not like he's a dud. Like he's done this. Granted, I understand it's a Pac-12, and I understand level of competition and all that. Like I get it, but I'm not. I mean. Hurts my opinion of him a little bit, not as much, it sounds like, as you. It's I'm kind of more I think it's done just better. I expected him to he's the one I knew I felt like I knew he was gonna come out and have yeah. a great game. And he did the opposite. And with that great game, I felt like he could have jumped his way into being maybe like the top three quarterback one of the top three quarterbacks picked. Um, okay, let's play this game then. I'm curious. So drawing a parallel, it's not a great parallel, but Penix with Washington loses in the championship. Your opinion shifts on him somewhat. CJ Stroud plays this weekend. Rookie quarterback, done great this year. Goes out on Saturday and just 150 yards, touchdown and a two picks and you know, 55% completion. Like, are you looking at him going, eh, or are you, this is a test of your bias right here. This is a test of your bias. No, the thing is, this is all hypothetical though. CJ yeah. Stroud's not, I can tell you right now, CJ Stroud's not going to go out there two inter, two interceptions for sure. Not going to happen. Let's just, um, let's just say it happens. Let's just say it does. Great. Season so you, far. you can't ask me about hypotheticals. This actually happened. Versus a hypothetical is not like. But we're playing so. Yeah, but I'm drawing the parallel between like 
the fact that this guy had a great season and he's new to us in a sense. It's not new to the college football, like faithful, I guess, but new to us. And then CJ Stroud kind of in a similar position, been great all season. If he drops the ball at the, on, on the big game, like does your opinion shift of him at all? There's levels to this, bro. CJ Stroud is, that's why I'm telling you the parallel. You can't parallel because CJ Stroud is a different breed. And you and I know that he's a quarterback. He is in one, in one short year, he has turned himself into the guy. Like I don't have to worry about, I'm not worried about him on Saturday. No, not at all. Like, if we lose on Saturday, I know it's not because he threw an interception on the first play of the second half. But if he did, does it change anything about it? like any your perception of him at all? I mean, it it makes me wonder what what was up with this game. What did they do? What did the defense mm-hmm. do, and whatnot? Because just because you know Stroud, yeah. If anything, he has had he has done better. I think Stephen A. Smith was reading his stats against winning teams. I think he's eight and three against winning teams, uh, teams with win- winning records, and no interceptions, sixteen touchdowns. He plays his best against the best, and you don't see that pretty often. But yeah. you know that's a good transition into the NFL playoffs. Man, Alex, you're on it, bro. Um, thinking, bro, thinking. And of course, in our typical Saturday afternoon slot. Cleveland Browns versus Houston Texans. Let me just, I just want to summarize this whole, this is the best super wild card ever. Ever. Probably will be. Like, them script writers, like, let's go over this as a whole. Cleveland versus Houston. We got Joe Flacco, great story, coming off of his couch, out here slinging this shit. 300 yards a game and whatnot. Versus the team that nobody, nobody thought they were going to be at this point. And a rookie quarterback that's playing at an MVP level. Just imagine, the only thing that makes it better is if Deshaun Watson was actually playing and not injured. Bro. So, fire, right? Okay, so we go this. It only gets better from there. Tyreek Hill, his first game back, at Arrowhead Stadium against the Chiefs Saturday night. Chiefs, Dolphins, and Arrowhead. Tyreek Hill. Bro. Wow. Crazy. All right. Great Saturday. Let's go to Sunday. Pittsburgh versus Buffalo. I mean. Pretty good. I love the Steelers, dude. I love Tomlin. There's not like a juicy headline on that one. I mean, um, like Josh Allen. Other, well, not like the other, like the other games. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm but there. Josh Allen, yes. But we'll talk about that when we get to it. Um, <laughs> you got Green Bay going into Dallas. And it's funny because, you know, Aaron Rodgers isn't even there or anything. But it, how Aaron Rodgers, those playoff losses still loom over the Dallas Cowboys franchise. He's not even there anymore. And you know what we talk about? Ooh, the Green Bay Packers coming back into Dallas again in the playoff setting. It's like, bro, like most of the players aren't even there anymore. But it's still this thing as if they are. Wild. 
And then, I mean, you couldn't have scripted this shit better. You got fucking Matthew Stafford and the Los Angeles Rams going back to Detroit against Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions in their first home game in like 20-something years. First home playoff game. Oh, like that one was just like, dude, bars. You can't, you couldn't fucking make it up. You couldn't, you can't. Like, that's a story. That's a movie. That's going to be probably my favorite game. But besides the Texans one, that'll probably be my favorite game. Oh, same, same here. Same here. And then you end it with um, the little slight Eagles versus Tampa Bay Bucks. Honestly, uh, the worst matchup of the weekend. Like, just the, I shouldn't say worst, the least interesting matchup of the weekend. Yeah. Give, well, given all the storylines. Yeah. 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 But let's go through this. Um, so, like we said, our typical Saturday slot, Cleveland, Houston. Cleveland, two-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, I am very interested to see how this plays out. Um, C.J. Stroud looks locked, seems locked in. Um, I think it's... It's about the defense, whether the Texans' defense can actually hold up, get some stops, and not give up 500 yards to Amari Cooper, um, first and foremost. And I, I, it should be way more competitive than that first game a few weeks ago. Um, way more competitive. And I started off thinking, like, you know, with the mindset of, obviously, I'm root for my team. I hope we win. But realistically, you know, Cleveland's a tough defense. Probably not going to probably not gonna pull it out. But still happy with how far we came. Now I keep hearing TJ Stroud talk. I keep hearing Miko talk. And I'm just like, they got me sold, bro. Why not now? Like, why not now? Why not now, bro? Like... Why not? There's no answer for that. I feel like we can beat the Browns. I feel like the Houston Texans can beat the Browns. It is I, possible. Yeah. I feel pretty good about it, too. So, you mentioned that matchup a couple weeks ago. Cleveland lost or beat the Texans 36-22. Joe Flacco, 368, three tuds and two interceptions. That was the Amari Cooper game, 11 receptions, 265, and two tuds. That game, we did not have C.J. Stroud playing. We had Davis Mills and Case Keenum. So yeah, We also didn't have um, Anderson, Will Anderson. We didn't Will have Anderson. Green, uh, Chapman was out. Um, we had there a is, Tunsil, I think, was out too. Yeah, I can probably pull all the different. Yeah, we, uh, we, we had a lot of people missing. So, I mean, I kind of like that. Because we saw we we have tape we personally seen on the field what they got against us. Yeah. But just like the Titans when we faced the Titans in that second to last week, like you know the first time time we played the Titans it was Case Keenum. Mm-hmm. And I was like, bro, we should win this game easily because they haven't seen the real us with C.J. Stroud. Lo and behold, we beat them like twenty three to three, or whatever it was. And so, 
I really feel like we do have an edge in that. Um, we've seen them. They haven't seen us. And I'm excited, bro. We're in the playoffs, dude. We're in the playoffs. And I legitimately believe that the Texans should win this game with ease. Like, I don't think this is going to be a game that, and this could be on freezing cold takes, and I hope it is. Well, I hope it isn't, but uh, I think Houston, the way the momentum is rolling right now, and the, let me just ask you this, do you trust Joe Flacco or do you trust CJ Stroud? Like, who do you trust more? That's like, tough. Uh, not to me. Bro. Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco's been doing it for what, eight weeks now, ten weeks now? It's impressive as hell. He came off the couch. He's put his team in the playoffs. They're winning games. He's not CJ Stroud, dude. Like, he just isn't. Now, if Joe Flacco goes on that, what was it 2011 Ravens run or whatever it was? Like, if he does that kind of nonsense again where he has the perfect offseason or perfect postseason, sure. I'll, I'll, that's fine. I'll lose to that Joe Flacco. But this Joe Flacco? He's been playing well, but he's not C.J. Stroud, dude. I, I trust C.J. Stroud more than I trust most quarterbacks. Like, we'd have to run into, like, damn. Like, you start thinking about the teams you run into where you do quarterback-to-quarterback comparison, and it's like there's not really a list of quarterbacks that would take over him in a matchup. I feel you. There's a quarterback we're going to talk about a little bit later that should not be trusted anywhere near these kind of big moments. But we'll talk about yeah. that in, a little bit later. Yeah, um, but I think I think they win big. I don't think there's much. I think you did most of the analyzing here. I don't think there's much more to look at besides the fact that I'm 100% biased. I don't believe in the Cleveland Browns. We are playing a home game. Uh, we do have momentum. We have won the last two games. Both, I mean, one of them 26 to three. The other, the tight or the Colts last weekend, we won by I think a touchdown, maybe 10 points. So, points. rolling. Uh. And yeah, I think, I mean, why not? Like, why, why not? This is one of those games that's to pick them. I'm looking at the ESPN stuff. It's 49.5 and 50.5%, like ESPN analytics prediction. So it's like, it's a pick them game. And when it comes to that, I look at the key players. I'm taking CJ. I'm taking CJ every day of the week. Now rolling over to the nightcap. The, the Peacock exclusive. Are you really, are you, we're not going to talk about this game because I'm not buying Peacock. I'm not doing it. I mean, I'm not saying right now. I'm saying like after. I guess I can watch it on Stream East. Isn't yeah, that funny? They, there's already tweets about how hard Stream East is going to be going. Like they did the whole Shaq and Kobe street, Stream East on Saturday yeah. night. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, yeah. it's already well, going all around Twitter, you know. What's um, funny is I see like on Instagram or Twitter, it's like they don't say Stream East. It's like S asterisk 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 E asterisk asterisk dot com. It's like <laughs> they don't put the full name. And people were joking. It's like, you can't tell anybody about this because people will find out and they'll shut it down. I'm like, honestly, if they're going to shut it down. It's going to be this weekend because fucking Peacock trying to do their damn thing where they're like, just pay for another subscription. It's like, no. Why can't you just put it on YouTube TV like everybody else? Just put it on cable. Come on. So I may or may not sign up for a Peacock subscription, but we'll see. We'll see. They don't even offer a fucking free trial, bro. They don't? Oh, I'm not watching. I mean, I don't know. I haven't haven't looked. I haven't haven't looked. But either way, back to the game. It's like a two-hour. Dolphins versus Chiefs. (laughs) Yes. Who who do you got? 
what's the keys for you? Do you think what determines mm. this game? Who do I got and what are the keys? Good questions. Good questions. Who do I got? I got Patty, bro. I'm taking Patty Mahomes every freaking time. Like, again, quarterbacks. Like, I trust Patrick Mahomes. I trust Travis Kelsey. I trust Tyreek Hill. But do I trust two of them more than I trust Patty? Uh, not really. No. The defense for the Chiefs, I like Chris Jones. I like the pressure that they can get up front. This is a game, to me, that if you let Tyreek Hill go, which I would imagine him being a former player of the Chiefs, they have somewhat of an idea of how to guard this guy. Like, there's not really a way to guard him because he's so fast and dynamic, but there's a way to slow him down. So I got to imagine if there's any team that knows how to do it, it's his former team. So I'm putting that in the, in the bucket. I'm putting the Patty Mahomes versus Tua in the bucket. I'm putting the Travis Kelsey in there. And I'm leaning Chiefs kingdom, bro. That's where I'm leaning. I think I'm leaning a little bit towards Miami. I don't blame you. I mean, it's not a bad pick, dude. This it, is a it really game. is a bad pick. It is such a bad pick. You think? Those dudes are bigger chokers than the next game we're going to talk about. Um, like... I just, I I just, some they just fall short, man. Other than that Dallas game, man, they they fall short in the big moments, and um, in a way, my mind is one of those things. My mind is telling me like, Chiefs are gonna come out with it. They're gonna pull it out because it's what they do. But at the same time, this is the NFL, bro. Any given Sunday, yeah, and like. You know, Mike McDaniel's finally got like maybe he's been hiding this great scheme and waiting for the playoffs to to pull it out. You know, and I I the the thing is the Chiefs' offense isn't the same as it used to be. This is a pretty damn good Dolphins defense, even though they kind of lost a few key pieces um, due to in- injury. Um. So it's like, as long as Tua could stop fucking shit up, or if we could get some better play calling sometimes. I So Dan Lanning was on the Monday night, you know, the championship, the Oregon head coach. And they asked him about the trick plays or the special plays. And they said, like, do you save any plays for moments like this? And he said, he was like, if I have a play that works in that moment, I'm not hiding anything. There's no, there's no plays that I'm tucking away. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm saving this for the playoffs. If it works, I'm using it. So I got to believe with that same mentality that Mike McDaniels does not have any secret plays or anything. I mean, he might have some. And honestly, if we're talking about like trick plays or secret plays. It's Kansas City, dude. I mean, they did like a ring around the rosy you before lining it up. I mean, they you are the trick play. You misinterpreted me then. I didn't mean trick plays. I meant just the scheme, like this ultimate yeah. like scheme. It's not even the plays. It's more of the 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 how you're gonna expose how he's planning to expose the Chiefs. Like there's a okay. scheme he's been hiding. Okay. Like not really showing it. Now that his playoffs, he's like, all right, it's do or die. So I'm I'm. I'm about to expose you. You're about to get shredded to pieces. I would, and, I would hope that is the case. I, 
would also think that if he had something um, like that, he wouldn't implement it, you know, the weeks before the playoffs. He would have implemented that. I mean, he lost his last two games, 56-19 to to Baltimore, and lost to Buffalo last week, 21-14. So lost the last two, and Chiefs won the last two. Every, every team is different. So, you know, they already played the Chiefs once earlier this year. You know, maybe there's some, some stuff there. He, he was like, if we meet up with them again. Definitely. I know exactly what to do. But and you don't think Andy Reid? You don't think Andy Reid's doing the same thing? I mean, I haven't seen that from Andy Reid all season. What you mean? Mm. I'm starting to think Eric Bieniemy was really the mastermind behind everything. Ever since he left. This offense has been shit. The defense is carrying the Kansas City Chiefs right now. This whole season, the defense has been carrying the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is still great and all, but y'all want to? Everybody wants to talk about you know wide receivers that can't catch and whatnot. The offense hasn't. I mean, when when they played in Germany and Chiefs beat the Dolphins, it was. I think the score was four. 14 to 7? Which is, I mean, that's, but I can flip that around on you and say, well, Miami didn't produce any offense. So, but I'm that's with what you. I'm saying, but, but, but uh, that's why I'm saying the Mike D- Daniels aspect of my pick. Mm. I feel like there's something from the last matchup that he's going to find. And once mm. he finds it, he's going to fucking expose it. And I, I think he might have found it. Yeah, I'm a believer in championship DNA. And even if they haven't been playing well, championship DNA is going to take me there. And, and They have no championship DNA. What are you talking about? The Chiefs don't have championship DNA. Oh, I thought you were talking about the <laughs> still. I was like... No, no, that's why I'm picking the Chiefs, dude. It's just... This is one of those, again, kind of a pick in my opinion, because you don't really know until they step in between the painted lines. But I think... Championship DNA, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid. Like, I'm taking the tenured playoff champions over the guys that, honestly, like, I get the same feeling, like, as Penix, where it's like, I can't really trust Tua. Like, I can't really trust him. You know, like, I trust Patrick. Like, Patrick Mahomes gets the ball with a minute and a half left, and he has to score a field goal or even a touchdown. It's like, it's kind of that Tom Brady thing where you're sitting there or CJ, even because I'm comparing Tom Brady to CJ. It's like, oh, yeah, that's easy. You know, he's just going to drive down the field. Like, he just has that in him. So that's why I have to pick him. But honestly, I'd be pretty happy if the Dolphins won. I'm not a Chiefs fan. I mean, they beat, they beat the Texans a couple of years ago to win their first chip. And, I mean, I'm not a Chiefs fan. I do like Patrick Mahomes. I like Tyreek Hill. Like, I like this matchup. I just, I, if I'm picking them, I'm picking the guys that want, have won chips and know what to do and know how to win. Fair, fair. But what about the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Buffalo Bills? Because you know what? Don't even say shit. I'm about to go first because you know why? I'm picking the Steelers. I'm picking the 10-point underdogs. I don't care. I do not trust primetime Josh Allen. I trust Mason Rudolph more than I trust primetime Josh Allen. That's how I feel. And I finally got you coming around on the train because now you've been watching with the same eyes that I've been watching. You finally dusted off that, ooh, Josh Allen is great glasses and finally saw what you were actually watching on television, which is this man, he fucks up so much and he does it like tremendously. 
Who sometimes, bro, in that Miami game, the the interceptions, he just he just said fuck it. He, he there was no rhyme or reason. It wasn't like a. I mean, you got picked off because you threw it downfield. This man was in double coverage. Okay, it if you got a Stefan Diggs, you kind of just sometimes you hope and pray. Yeah, fuck it. He's nah, bro. Th- these were just like, like nowhere in the vicinity. Like there was no reason the ball should have even been there. Like what? What made you think? Oh, let me throw it right there. This man here has all the God-given ability, bro. Mm-hmm. The physicals, it's all there. If it's a one one o'clock kickoff, he's there. Four twenty-five, he's there. He's fucking there. MVP. But put this man in a serious situation, a primetime game where it's on him, where he has to make a play. Or not even that, just put him in the situation and he just, stupid shit just happens. And it happens every single time. And it's like, you know, this, this man's probably, what has to be like in his sixth year in the NFL. Everybody talks about him like, oh, he's still young, he's still got... Like, he's, like, two years into the league. I think he's, like, six years. He's been in the league for a minute now. 27. He is 27. But what, how many years has he been in the league? Second. Let's see. Stats. Started in 2018. So, sixth year. Yep. So, I mean, this isn't... Oh, he still has growing pains and what... Bro... This man should be done with that in in his prime. I mean, he is in his prime, but yeah, man doesn't stop fucking up. And honestly, I'm a little sad TJ Watt is out. and He's yeah. going to be able to expose this man. But I'll just let Mike Tomlin do it. I think for sure, take the spread, 10 points. Steelers are going to keep this within 10 points. What, what does Buffalo really have? If the defense, if the defense can can limit these big plays and capitalize on these great opportunities, Josh Allen's going to give them. I mean, Buffalo has a good defense, but I mean, I don't think they're magnificent. I mean, mm-hmm. Steelers aren't the greatest team either, but shit, they came up in the AFC North, man. It's like. Coming up in the SEC, it's like you just got to give them props that you got out of there alive. Already done hating. I'm just I'm ready for the world to know about Prime okay, Time you, Josh you, Allen. You've been letting them know. You've been letting them know for a while now. <laughs> Not a big fan of the man, the big man in Buffalo. I've got something for you, though. I'm taking the black and no, I'm not. I'm not taking the Steelers, bro. TJ Watts out. I'm not taking the Steelers, the potential defensive player of the year, the Hall of Famer that they have on defense, the anchor for their entire team. I mean, Christmas is over. The Rudolph has already gone back to the North Pole, bro. It's over. I mean, Buffalo is going to win this game. James Cook is cooking. Stephon Diggs is good. Rasul Douglas is a solid cornerback. I mean, it's like, come on. I mean, what, what are we talking about here? Buffalo is like poised to be in a position to win a Super Bowl. And they're playing the Steelers that barely eked in. Like, they needed four or 5,000 teams to win or lose in order for them to make the playoffs. I mean, come on. What are we talking about here? Their best players out? 
I mean, 10 points is being generous, dude. This should be like at least two touchdowns, at least two touchdown favorites. I hope Vegas hears you because by kickoff, if it's plus 14, I am hammering that. That is a lock. That is my lock of the centuries. Not centuries, centuries. I um, yeah, I'm taking the Bills, dude. That's that's to me. I mean, T, if TJ Watt was in, I even thought about it. I had to check because you said Steelers, and I was like, oh, I might take the Steelers. And I double checked, and I was like, oh, he is listed as out, not questionable. So I um, I decided I was like, yeah, I gotta I gotta take the Buffalo here. It's just too obvious. Then there's Green Bay and Dallas. Green right, Bay Packers versus Dallas Cowboys. Um. It's either going to be Jordan Love's crowning or uh, the Cowboys are just going to blow him out. I think there's really no in-between. Um, Green Bay's a fun team. They're a fun team to watch, but they're really young. Uh, been, I mean, Love has been cooking recently. He's been playing really well the past couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm taking the Packers up. purely on hate. I hate the Cowboys. I'm taking the Packers purely on hate. Cowboys will probably win, but I'm taking the Packers. <laughs> I'll ride with you on that one. Fuck them. Fuck the Cowboys, dude. I'm not taking the Cowboys. Yeah, me neither. But then you got Matthew Stafford and the Rams coming to face Jared Goff and the Lions. I mean, it doesn't get much better than this, man. It does not. I mean, these are two of the funnest teams to watch going against each other. They quarterbacks used to play on each other's teams oh my god i'm gonna have like i need to make like a whole i need to find a whole drama to like film of films to put together so i can show mia before the game starts and be like look at this this is the history this is why this game is gonna be the shit i haven't moved all day <laughs> it's right here <laughs> <sighs> Back to the game, though. Um, Who are you going to take? Lions. Lions are three points fav- three point favorites. Mm. Say it. I know you want to pick them. I have to, bro. I I'm taking to. it, too. I think, uh, I, think, uh, I think in this matchup, I just give the advantage to the home team. If it was roles reversed and the Rams were playing at home, I'd be like, okay, the Ram- I think the Rams are going to win this. But I think with... The Lions playing at home, that's going to be enough to eke them out with the win. So there's three teams, I think, in these playoffs that I would consider, like we use the term, like team of destiny. And I think it's the San Francisco 49ers, the Baltimore Ravens, and the Detroit Lions. I don't think the Detroit Lions are going to win the Super Bowl. But after the season they've had, the record they've put together, and their team in totality... I am taking the Lions purely on the fact that I want to hear Detroit screaming from Houston, Texas. Like, I want them to be so ecstatic and excited that their team finally won a playoff game for the first time in five million years. So, I am picking the Detroit Lions. I have no idea how this game is going to go. Like, I imagine this is going to be another 24-21 kind of game. It's not going to be a 41-37. It's not going to be a 14-7. It's going to be a mid-20s game. Both teams are going to put up a good fight. But I cannot pick Puka Nakua 
to win in Detroit. The very first, I can't pick Matthew Stafford on the year. This is like one of those, they, they went out and got Jared Goff. They're in the playoffs. They're playing their old quarterback. Like they win to validate the fact that they made the right choice in the, in, in the, in the process of rebuilding their franchise. Like this validates that decision. It just script writers. This is, this is one of the script writer moments that that's what this is. So I'm taking the Detroit lions. No basis. <laughs> you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Oh, it's my favorite movie. You can't quote that movie. I'll start quoting it all now. All that, on the rest that, of the podcast. That's, that I'll hand that out for free to you writers. If Matthew Stafford wins this game, that should be the headliner right there. Yeah. That's fucking fire. That is. That is so fire. fire. That would be great. They'd have to do that in the LA magazine. They wouldn't do that in, oh, in Detroit. Yeah, yeah. That would be that'd be crazy. <laughs> now for the last less super wild card game. Um Ouch. The Eagles, the Eagles versus the Buccaneers. I'm I'm just gonna go off the bat just so I could put it out there. I think the Bucks are gonna win this game. Shut I'm the not, fuck up. I'm not capping at all. Oh my god. I think the Buccaneers are going to win this game because Philadelphia has been a the Philadelphia Eagles have been hot fire dog shit, bro. I'm talking about like we've won one like, out of our last five. Yeah, we're not good. It's bad. It's real bad. It's bad right now. Um, to I'm the nervous. Point where even Jalen Hurts is getting bullied on freaking Twitter. It's pretty funny actually. Um but it's I can't I I can't see a way in this which it just all of a sudden like boop they just start fucking balling out again I just I don't see it I felt like we would have seen that games ago um you don't lose that many games in a row without finally having that bounce back if you really were just on a low low nah these guys suck they've been deceiving for the first eleven weeks by going ten and one. And they deceived everyone, and they deceived us all because they are okay. not. They are not. No, Who we thought they were. Honestly, I think they are the worst team coming into the playoffs. Oh my god! I would worst put the, the Steelers. Browns. Dude, the Browns are fucking good. I don't know what oh, you're talking stop. about, dude. They literally have like the number one defense in the league. Bro, the Eagles won the Super Bowl last year. Like that was on. last year. We're literally oh in January God. of 2024, and you're living in January of 2023, bro. The Eagles suck. They are sorry. Jalen Hurts cannot throw the football whatsoever. If it ain't a tush push, it ain't happening. Like, I mean. You know what? Let them have the tush push. Don't take it away from them because that's all they fucking have. Because I bet you if they actually had to run real plays on third and short or a goal line stuff, it would it would be so bad. They would be probably down there with the Panthers right now. So, you know what? Let them have the tush push because other than that. They are mid at best. Oh, my God. I'm taking that to the bank, straight to the bank. Oh Buccaneers, God. bro. Baker Mayfield is going to eliminate your team. <laughs> like, my dude. I, wow. Baker's had a great season. Good for Baker. I mean, give it up. It's good, good job for Baker. I love it, but season's over, dude. You're playing a real team. 
I mean, come on, dude. Our defense is ridiculous. It's it's so good. Win. The personnel on our defense is stacked. We haven't played well the past five games. I understand that. I'm God, with you. Hold up. Your defense didn't play well even before then, bud. Don't don't come on here like your defense was top notch. You were still giving up earlier during your little win streak 37 points to the fucking Washington Commanders. Division come game. On, bud. Division game. We always talk about division games are different. All come right. on, bro. Use, I used your argument against you. Come on, bro. No, I'm 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 just you pulled the stats and you start you start saying, oh, give up this. Look, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, DeAndre Swift. Come right, on. Let's see. Oh, that was recently. All right, let's 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 go in this win streak. So before these last five games, they lost four out of their last five, and they finished eleven and six. So they were what what is that, ten and one going into this? That's honestly that. I don't I don't know how they even managed to put up 37 points against the Buffalo Bills. Now that I think about it, how do they, how do they even win these games? How do they win against the chiefs? What in the world? What delusional world? I'm not even pushing back on that. I just listed off, you know, all pro receivers and which ones AJ Brown, all pro receiver. All right. He's out. (laughs) He's injured. What's up? What's next? No, he's not injured. I'm looking at the, I'm I'm looking at the injury report right now. All right. Even if he's not injured, what is a receiver with a quarterback that can't get him the ball? Oh my god, dude, he had a record year. I think it was this year or last year. Last like, year, yes. That last year isn't this year. You're still living in 2023, bud. It still doesn't justify the fact that you're picking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are what, nine and eight? Yeah, nine and eight. It's like they barely won the come on, dude. I'm pulling up these Age of Brown stats. My phone's about to die though. Dude. Um your team has been playing like dog shit for like it has seven. They have, yeah. I'm. How does that? How does that just? There's no way that doesn't just turn back on. Like, I'm not saying they're gonna come out there playing like dog shit again. I mean, they might be halfway decent, but they're how not. Bad, how bad are they gonna lose? How bad are they gonna lose? According to you, I, mean, I think I think they should lose. I mean, it's gonna be come down to the wire. Um but that's the thing. It really shouldn't. That's because it's not. It is. It's going to be a touchdown, maybe a field goal. No, it's not. Baker Mayfield is not going to beat the Eagles. I wouldn't. I'm not going to say anything because if it happens, I'm not going to do it. I was thinking about throwing myself off a bridge, but if it happens and you'd say, oh, did you throw yourself off a bridge? Because you know the fucking dog shit Eagles. No, because it's the playoffs and I don't trust anybody anymore about anything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when you get back on here, when we get back on, I will let a naysayer know. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) jeez. Let a naysayer know. Yeah, I'm not worried. We're going to win. It'll be fine. Anyway, that's, that's everything, though. 2024 off to a good start. We had Orion last week. We got the boys this week. We got playoffs this weekend. I'm ready for it. I'm excited. Two fans, you know where to find us. At Slice Devils Pod, at Slice Devils Podcast. Changing it up, recording every Wednesday, posting every Thursday. So one episode a week, every Thursday, you can find us. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, we will see you next time.